Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. It's so nice to be back. I had a little week off there. It seemed like you guys had fun. I'm shame I missed money in the brank, but you know, that's what that's the price you pay. Yeah, I was just trying to do some filling in there. I'm like, God, I haven't talked to Frank in ever, and maybe we can talk some baseball. And we, as as is customary when Frank comes on, we got into the weeds on numerous topics and barely did, which whatever, I'm fine with that. So we do a lot of picks, but I like it when we just, we just, uh, you know, rap about some topics here and there. That's a lot of fun too. So that was a good week. Um, the major problem with you missing is um, basically any show I've ever done, the deep dive in this one, I do not introduce the show. And that is a major stroke. I did the deep dive last Wednesday without Drew because he was gone all week. We we pre-recorded one, but we didn't want to do two. We didn't have the time for that. So I did a uh, college basketball one with Mike Randall and it, the show came on. I'm like, oh yeah, shit, where's Drew? I got to do an <laughs> intro. Like, this is, I'm, so, I'm so bad about this. Oh, but uh, yeah, no, glad you're here too. If nothing else, like this, this is funny. Like, don't care about your NBA thoughts, your tennis picks, any of that. Just, I need you to introduce. Just, just need the show, a second Alex. to get warmed up. I get I'm it. so bad at introducing a show, but uh, <laughs> no, we are back from the weekend. It was a fun weekend. Victor Hovland twenty to one was a good bet. Like, he was bet down to fourteen. There were lower numbers. He was right there on the leaderboard all weekend. It was a very funny Sunday with the uh, the playing conditions were extremely tough, which not everybody loves. I love seeing the course being very difficult. I think it's I more do. fun than, you know, I don't mind the birdie fests, especially when you get a shitty field with like two really good players up in Detroit or Minneapolis for some of those, you know, upper Midwest tournaments. If those are going to be 20 under, so be it. Let's, you know, let's throw some drivable fours and some really easy fives in there. But uh, for the most part, like I do like a tough tournament. It was a lot of fun despite not getting Hovland home. I had three top 40 bets. They all made the cut. And then Alex, if you, uh, Chez Reavy shot uh, 160 for the weekend, I think, on a par 144. <laughs> it was pretty rough. I had him in one of my DFS lineups that went six for six as there was a lot of six for sixes and I looked and I think it would have actually been better if he missed the cut for that DFS lineup. I think he actually went backwards in wow. which is hard to do. So Tom Hoagie, top 20 plus 150 did get there, but otherwise kind of a light golf week and move on. And this was, this was a lot of other stuff back. going on this week. Oh College God, basketball, so Indian Wells, NBA persists. Uh, it's we'll get, yeah. We're playing hockey. It's my understanding. There's no baseball. But you know, when when is the when is the kickoff of Indian Wells later this week or qualifying starts week? today for the women and the first sets of matches I believe start Thursday let me double check that it might be Wednesday and that was uh, again while I was glad to hear you there was a lot of talk about Scotty Scheffler and this was a guy everybody I know including me like last year was like man this kid's gonna break through he's so good he's gonna get a win he's just he's yeah, I don't want to ever say do, but man, he was solid. And Brett has it in the chat. Wednesday for the ladies, Thursday for the hey, men. Wednesday. So Scotty Scheffler goes and gets his maiden. He wins a tournament in a very tough field. And then he comes out this weekend, wins it again. Very tough field, very tough course. And people were, you know, 
oh, the floodgates are open. I even seen floodgate Jeffs for this. Like this kid is just, he's just going to win a bunch now. He's, he's just a top player all of a sudden. And, you know, we, we did that with Morikawa and it was more than fair. He just won earlier. You know, he got it, he got out of the way quicker. And I wanted your take on this with tennis. And I know the biggest thing with tennis is you never, you know, you could play someone really tough in the finals. Like sometimes it's not the person has a mental block and can't win a final. It's like, hey, this person is playing Djokovic or Federer or Nadal in the finals like six times in a row to start their career, and that's just tough luck. But I don't know. Is there anything to that where you have someone that's like they can't get over that hump or even, you know, some of these good players who have won some 250s and then finally they get over a Masters or a slam hump and it just seems like they play differently? It is, and I'm trying to go through and see if I can see some of the top head-to-heads quickly, um, just even on the women's side here. But there are, from time to time, certain players who just you know, run into a really bad matchup. A lot of it, you know, again, because it's one-on-one, can be stylistic. Well, you'll have someone who has really limited movement going against someone who can serve well enough, who has pretty good movement. Um, you know, again, some players hit the ball very low or very high, which can be problematic. There's certain players that are worse versus left-handed players, but you do run into that um, from time to time. And again, I'm trying to think. There was a Kasatkina matchup, and she was actually it was Kasatkina and Madison Keys, and um, Daria Kasatkina did beat her the last time they played, but before that point had been 0 and 7 against Madison Keys, having won just one set, I believe, in those matches, if anything. So uh, you definitely see that from time to time pop up. And yeah, I guess the golf equivalent would be probably type of course. Um, some guys get nervous. I mean, Scheffler, too, I wonder if it's disappointed I didn't think to go in and maybe bet him on Sunday, given some of the weather stuff. I know, you know, being a Texas golfer, that's an advantage. I mean, you're used to being out there. And some days, all of a sudden, I mean, there's just things going left and right all over the place. So um, a good advantage for him. But no, it's it's nice to see him win. He's always been fun to watch. I enjoy him. And if you look at this leaderboard, too, there was, I mean, Gary, Gary Woodland was kind of the exception. as he, Or excuse me, Terrell Hatton was a bit of the exception as he had a you know, a, a three under round, but basically Victor Hovland or Billy Horschel, if they can shoot either, even par, either of them, they win the tournament. <laughs> like, uh, you know, they went two and three over respectively and finished uh, one, one shot back, both of them. Like all they had to do is shoot even that's how hard this course was playing. There were not very many. I think there was 168, 169, 170, and then, uh, you know, a bunch of handful of evens. But you go down the, the scoreboard, there are a lot of 78s, 79s. And you get Only down two guys bottom. under 70. Yeah, Troy Merritt went out there and shot an 87. Like, there were some pretty bad rounds out there. So, But, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. In tennis, maybe it is a little different. Sometimes it's not always, hey, I need to finally get a win at a Masters or even a 500 if it's someone that's, like, I need to beat this one specific player. That feels like it is. Sometimes that is a mental block. Well, I guess FAA would be the big example that I can't remember if he's won a final yet, but I mean, what was it? He had like 13 finals in a row, his first 13 finals or something like that he lost. So he would be the good example of someone who just can't close. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there are people that just can't close. Like we have golfers like that too, that we don't bet on because of things they do. Tony Finau still hasn't won on a Sunday in a very long time. He, uh, he was able to close on a Monday last year, which was awful funny because uh, <laughs> the jokes will still will still persist. But we'll talk about the players a little later on. We'll have some more, a lot more golf content this week as Betsports Golf is pretty much up and running. We'll have a, 
Well, some good free content out of there from a bunch of different writers this week. But uh, start with the NBA, and it's just team total day, I guess. We're just taking taking a lot of things out of the equation, heading straight for the team total. And what this is probably a finals matchup preview. One of the best. It's, it's teams very the possibly. A, I mean, if this is a finals, I mean, you and I are doing a home and away. I'll get on a plane and come see you. Oh, sure. You can get on a plane and come see me. We'll do it as official Betsperts media experts and see if. Have you been to a Sixers us. game this year? Um, no, I haven't had a chance to go yet, given all the restrictions and stuff, but um, I, things are starting to finally open up, and I've been eyeing tickets. Unfortunately, as soon as I start eyeing tickets, they acquire they're James good. Harden, they and they're all now yeah. twice as expensive as they used to be. And yeah, going back to the well with two team totals here, I, I've been struggling, honestly, with these the last handful. I keep betting on teams to score a lot of points, and they go out and shoot like 38% from the field and 20-something percent from three. So hopefully these two teams can put the ball in the basket because these are two two games that I see being very high paced, very high scoring. The Sixers host the Chicago Bulls. They're seven and a half point favorites. The total is 232. Thought about betting the full game total. Thought about betting the Sixers. And again, you know, one of those situations where the Sixers are seven and a half point favorites. I have them eight and a half. The total is 232. I have it at about 235. So instead of playing either of those, you know, you take a look down basically another layer and, you know, you it looks basically I've got you know the Sixers at 121, 122 points here. So any number at 119 or better looks pretty good. Again, the matchup should be good for them. James Harden had the game off. He'll be back tonight. Should be fresh. Um, whether Vucevic plays or not, I mean, Embiid is just going to roll um, over whoever's standing in the middle of the court for the Chicago Bulls. Um, you know, on the other end, the Sixers might have, you know, some trouble with Levine. He is the kind of guard that they've struggled with historically. But, you know, Thibel does a nice job. We'll see what else happens. You know, DeRozan will probably have a good night. The Sixers are happy, I think, to give him some of those shots he likes to make. Uh, your Timberwolves here, a team that's just been putting up tons and tons of points every night, um, close to like 130, you know, kind of the last four or five games. And as you start to look at the matchup tonight, the Portland Trailblazers um, got the backdoor cover the other night. Depending on what number you got, the Timberwolves ended up winning by 14 instead of 14 and a half instead of 15 call me nervous if you will i don't mind laying the 15 tonight but again a similar situation to that sixers where i've got the timberwolves minus 16 i have the total closer to 235 236 so you know i've got the timberwolves at 126 almost almost 126 points here so anything 124 or lower looks good to me again two teams that should put up a ton of points against teams that might be pushing to close at the end of games again the big reason I don't like the Sixers spread here is they've struggled to close that games in the fourth quarter. A little better with Harden, but a small sample size. And the Bulls have been great closing, honestly. So instead of you know risking my Philadelphia 76ers killing me late, I'll just hope they score a bunch of points and not really worry about the spread. And same thing with the Timberwolves. I mean, that 15-point number, that's just scary. Well, and it goes back to numerous conversations we've had about all kinds of different sports. Like a team up by... 8, 10, 12, once you get past like two or three possessions, you have no incentive to, you know, continue to pile on. Like, you know, once a team gets it down to six, seven points, you kick it back into gear, but a team isn't incentivized to win by 15. If, if the Timberwolves are up by 10, 12 the entire game, it feels pretty good for a team like that, especially uh, uh, like they are. They're scoring a lot. I like that a lot. And it is funny. I've been to more Sixers games than you this year. I guess I'm I'm the, I'm the captain now. I'm the captain. <laughs> you have to go like it. It was again. I I've brought this up like six times again, and you you've seen him in person. My God, and beat in person, it's just a whole different experience. Just pushing people, like it just seems just seems like he's cheating. Like it just 
there are people that are trying to play defense and they're, they're just not going to, it's just not going to work. He has, he has too much mass and he moves too quick. It's ugly. It's ugly watching people try to play defense. Uh, speaking of ugly college basketball, I don't think <laughs> I want to damn bet over the weekend. Probably not. I actually, again, we're having trouble. Import HTML is having trouble on Google's end. And honestly, I just was tired Saturday, had a lot of family stuff, didn't bet, probably saved a bunch of money. Again, getting in the ascend variance on everything. Like a, a, a team I had projected to score a few points, scores like 20 in the first half. Had a really nice second half. Delaware Drexel never came close to the over. Uh, yesterday, I think I was trending about 10 points to the over um, at halftime and, and obviously easily looking at that over as we we're going. And then, yes, UMKC scored three points in the final seven minutes of the game. <laughs> it landed like two points under the total. It was uh it was a pretty rough, uh, rough week for me, whatever. I'm just going to trust shit. Um, I've moved on to my neutral site stuff. I know like as teams have to play in some of these neutral sites, uh, maybe they do acclimate themselves as things go on. We don't have a really big sample size for how certain teams do that because some of these teams might only get to play one game in some of these neutral sites, but it, so it's tough. But everything came up on verse today. And I did uh, I did have one side in UNCW. This is a future I played. Um, this is a team that makes zero sense that they're playing well. Like, again, I, I think this was – and I've written too many futures – preview articles but i feel like this was the team where if you go on like torvik on ken palm on net rating on everything like nothing makes sense about how they've finished the season but they're they're decent so i like they just win anyway and there was a few underlying stats i think that help it make sense but i did have a future on them i'm still playing them plus two i think they have a really good shot of winning this one outright again i think they should be more like a pick them and then the rest of it is unders, Horizon League, and what's Furman? SoCon? Not SoCon. A they all run. Con. They all run. Yeah, Mark Furman. Anyone remember that reference? If you're old, you do, like us. But, oh, excuse me. Wright State under 144.5, IPFW under 133.5. I wish I'd gotten to some of these earlier. I have slightly better numbers on a couple of these, but sh- this, this shit is flying down. A lot of these are moving, which... I don't know if I, I like that or not. Sometimes CLV has been a killer for me. Uh, Furman under 135. T- and then tonight, both of the WCC semifinals in Vegas. Under 154 for the Zags versus San Fran. And under 138.5 for Santa Clara taking on St. Mary's as both of those will be played. And then we'll have a championship game tomorrow. So good luck to the Zags. That's one where hopefully it just does turn out into a blowout of say like they did wax them pretty hard in the regular season. So I can see that uh, a team that has beaten everybody that just wants to get to the tournament. Hopefully the Zags don't pile on it, score like 95 on them. Maybe use the whole shot clock for the most part of the second half for me there. And then uh heading to Cali. Just a Speaking little bit of the West Coast. Just a little bit. I, I, I did pull up flash score when we were talking about the schedule, and I forgot that this is like, this is a 1,000. There's a massive amount of qualifying matches. There is 24 matches today. Again, the field of 48 will be needled down to a field of, I think it ends up being 12. 
um, at the end of the day. And um, a handful of picks for me there. And just a fun parlay at the end. This is something I like to do when, honestly, I have the time to watch most of the tennis. This is what I'll be doing all afternoon, to be perfectly honest, while you guys are watching college basketball or whatever. We'll start with McNally. Freedsome over 20 and a half games. This is a match that um, was jokingly messaging, uh, actually, Brett, earlier that I was trying to find a way to bet on both of these women to lose. This should be an ugly, messy match. The two of them have just been in poor form. But I think we're going to, as a result, see some long sets. There's a good shot that we see three here. Just didn't really love the three-set price. Again, we're seeing something right around plus 160. It was hoping for something closer to plus 175. But McNally freed some over 20 and a half games or 21. If you have that, you know, better than standard juice looks pretty good. Um, this next one is a match that honestly might get canceled. So be careful. Go around and find a book. And we're going to that. Um, pays if they at least pay one set. But we're going to go take Reese Brantmeyer here against Anna Kalinskaya, who we know is injured, um, had to withdraw in her last match. Brantmeyer, though, a pretty solid player. And even if they do play here, a less than 100% Kalinskaya can easily lose this match. And probably the first set again. That's generally when you see those players struggle. So going to grab Brantmeyer plus 450 and first set plus 300. Take a unit. I'll split it on each one. Again, you know, looking for that Brantmeyer plus 450 number to book that will pay if, you know, she quits after the first set, um, have a chance to win both of those, I think. Um, Maya Hantama grabbing her, playing some solid tennis last week, although she didn't win against Galiabich, was really heartened by her effort. Greetman and another player that has been carrying some injury here and um, necessarily isn't, I think this is actually her first time playing singles at Indian Wells here, um, just like Hantama. I have this closer to, um, you know, plus 130, plus 135, so anything plus 150 or better looks good there. Um, UA Yuan playing Astra Sharma. Sharma, the Australian, generally gets um, you know some credit in these qualifying events, has done well historically in these situations, but, you know, by all my numbers, I have Yuan actually as a small favorite here, so anything plus 110, plus 105 or better looks good to me. And then just to have something to pay attention to, I did find maybe the slightest bit of value in all these numbers, but we're going to put together six women here. I'm going to toss half a unit on this and see if we can hit six dart throws at once. And the nice part about this, Andy, is, and I may or may not have added the other Wong just simply because I could say I don't have to qualify. There are only two Wongs playing today. Take them both. Sorenko, Yuvon, Bronzetti, and Watson. Again, all pretty solid favorites. Uh, one of the Wongs is minus 5,000 if you wanted to back that out if you're so nervous. But again, by my count, all of these women, very strong candidates to win today. All slightly deeper prices than what I'm seeing. So you know, just put them all together again. I was looking at some of the spreads and things like that. Spreads can be difficult on these kind of courts, um, especially in qualifying. So put them all together here for a half unit. See if we can hit a lottery ticket. I like that. <clears throat> I uh, I wish you'd have put nine in. I don't know when something about the nine. You know, the nine dart out. <laughs> six is enough though. Like six, six is plenty for dart. Find just three just... more, but. You, there's yeah, there's you, a lot of question marks out there. You said darts. You said darts, and I got in my head. So uh, <laughs> the players will be underway. Like I said, there'll be some content. We have some exciting stuff. If you follow the YouTube page, we'll have some uh, we'll have some people doing some golf content shows this week. We're going to do a nice DFS preview. We're going to do a betting preview. We're going to have multiple smart people who actually win at golf on there. Smart people. I, 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 I tread water at golf. I try. I've had some decent years, especially in head-to-heads when I can finally get my all my numbers put together again. But I will be playing um, one for sure, and a second one I have my eye on. I haven't shopped it around yet, but basically this is like John Rahm is 14-1 to 1 at a few books, and I get it. It's a really good field. 
and he hasn't putted all that well. But the rest of his game, like his ball striking is probably better than it ever has been. Like he is the best golfer in the world, and he shouldn't be third favorite. He shouldn't be fourth favorite. He shouldn't be below Morikawa. He shouldn't be back here. And I mean, he just he just shouldn't should be 14 to one. And I think if you don't like him, don't take this. It's fine. If you don't think his putting comes around this week on the POA, that's fine. It's, it's not something you have to take. I'm taking it because I really think when bookmaker opens tomorrow, they're going to have him at like nine fifty, and this number is going to drop. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just, if I'm right, I have a good number. If You're I'm right. wrong, I don't think it goes the other way. There's not some situation outside of John Rahm tells the world he broke his wrist that this goes the other way. Like this number isn't getting worse, I don't believe. So if I'm right, I think this goes down closer to 10 to 1 when the actual liquid markets open on some of these golf outrights. But 14 to 1 right now, several places, and I'm fine with that. And then also Jason Day is 90 to 1. He did lose his mother last week. That's why he withdrew. He had to run back and be with be with the family. He did commit to play this week. He's in the field. I don't know how I feel about somebody coming off a personal tragedy like that. Sometimes it can be a you know something that drives a person like the the Brett Favre game after he lost his father. I don't. Everybody reacts to stuff in their personal life differently. A lot of times we don't hear about it because it's stuff they're dealing with personally. This is very public. So I'm, I'm tentative to play this, but at 90 to one, this guy is one here. I mean, he's just a really good POA putter, uh, 18 and 19, he top 10, uh, last year, his putting was just rough. And we've seen that from him where, you know, sometimes the putting isn't what it used to be, but he, man, he's king of the POA. I'm fine with this at 90 to one. He, again, he has committed to play. He is going to be in. And then, um, I don't think he had to go to Australia back. I think his mom lived in like Columbus, Ohio. So I, I did check into that too. That maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that. That's why I'm, I'm waiting on this. If he had to fly to Australia and back in over the last few days, maybe I'm not as in love with this, but if I think it, his mother was living just somewhere in the States. So if he just went up to Ohio and now he's back down at uh, TPC saw, Grass. I don't know why I tried to shorten that. That was weird, Andy. <laughs> TPC saw. Let's call it that. Um, if if that's like the it. case, if that's the case, ninety to one is pretty heavy, and I'll probably have him in the top twenty as well. I like that. I mean, I'm gonna go around and look for a ROM number. It's isn't it as simple as like it just kind of should it just be like him, Thomas, and and um, Morikawa basically, depending on what week it is, should be all nine to one to like eight eight to nine to one kind of it thing make, like is it just, is it is it more complicated than that yeah i'm fine just make those three all like 10 to 1 that that's fair and there are places that have and jt won this last year jt's playing fine hovland is very good i don't know if he can get it done here rory's peaking at times can't lay was 29 at places that's come down i don't think that price was quite right I, I get betting that. I don't get betting Xander here. Hideki and Scotty, I understand, and I've seen some Cam Smith love. This is just a really good field. Like there's so I imagine Scotty numbers, numbers plum, plummets this week, right? Yeah, he's down to in the twenties already. Yeah, that number was a lot higher before he won. That didn't uh, that didn't help getting a good price in him. So, all right, we'll call her a day. Thanks to our title sponsor, FanDuel. That's where I was quoting my golf odds from. 
appreciate them if you're in if you're in Australia. If you're in Illinois and you still haven't got signed up, check out the offers we have over on at Betsperts. They have a good offer for anyone signing up. You don't even have to drive to the casino anymore. Mobile betting is back in Illinois. And if you're in any other state where Fandle's around, we also have some offers for you. And I'm sure you'll get an email from us. So we'll check you tomorrow, guys.